Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of One for One. I'm your host, Nolan Schumann, joined as always by my co-host, Miles Fuchs. Miles, we're post-Halloween and post a couple of pretty juicy wins. How you doing? <sighs> feeling good, feeling calm, cool, collected. Uh, got no candy left over, so shout out. Partly why I don't have candy left over is because I didn't hand out candy this year. Am I a dirtbag? Well, Miles, I actually have a nice little follow-up to that point that you just made regarding candy. Um, so, as a quick little quick little story time, if you will, Taylor and I decided to take out or to decide to go with her brother and uh, and his wife and their child uh, for uh, her nephew's first Halloween because he's three year, or he's almost three years old and he hasn't really gotten to experience Halloween yet due to the whole you know COVID situation. Um, so it was a nice little night for us to go out trick-or-treating with him. What was he? Uh, he was a T-Rex. Oh, that's such a good costume. Yes, excellent. Dinosaurs are sick. Dinosaurs Di- are so sick. Dinosaurs absolutely rule. So we decided that we were going to leave out a bowl of candy and just and leave a nice little sign saying, please, uh, please help yourself with a little smiley face that Taylor wrote on there. Really, really sweet of her to write the little sign. So we said, all right. We're going to go trick-or-treating. We're going to come back probably around quarter after seven, and then we can hang out at home and still look at all the trick-or-treats. Because I was really excited and looking forward to doing the whole, like, hanging out, uh, hanging out the house, trick-or-treaters come up and do the, whoa, that's scary, and then hand them other candy and all that stuff, right? I get home, and we pull into the driveway, and I notice something on the street, and I'm like, what the hell? And I walk over, and I look at, our front step and I don't see anything. So I walk across the street and pick up and find what I uh, pick up what I find to be a bowl. And I said to Taylor, is this the bowl you set out? And she says, yes, it is. In fact, I said, yes, somebody stole all of our candy and then threw the bowl across the street. So that's how Halloween went at my home. Luckily I had a little bit of candy left over, but I'm just, I'm just disappointed Maybe it's a very old man of me and just like, I wish, I wish people would just be better. But like, do you really have to take all the candy and then in addition to it as a slap in the face, just throw the bowl across the street? Like, I, I just, I just don't understand that. You know, it's like, I can understand like, you know, b- having a house party or something like that and somebody breaking something because it's like, you got a bunch of drunk people, but like, you're just being, a, you're just being an asshole to kids by just throwing a bowl across the street just to be a prick. I don't know. That, that that's some scummy uh Eastern Canadian behavior, but I bet you any money that it was like group of like 12-year-olds that are going out, the kids that are kind of like on the cusp of being They're a little probably bit probably like TikToking it or something like that. Yeah, who are just like, "Oh, look at a whole bowl. Wouldn't it be sick, Gus, if I put all this candy in my bag?" Gus, <laughs> yeah, the Gus bus. Yeah, dude, that would be so sick and then he dumps it all in and just eats it across the street so that sucks uh, it makes makes me sad i don't think that that's old manny of you like that's just you know that's that's just not good behavior so uh kind of glad i didn't leave anything out for for these little dorks but i don't think anybody in in my neighborhood would have been doing that oh. miles i used to live in kind of your area somebody definitely <laughs> yeah, so, would have done that <laughs> yeah, absolutely without a doubt man without a doubt so instead i went to the yim um i could have wrote those kids my my ppl split and, and maybe gave them some gains 
imagine just handing it as a trick-or-treat gift a like a little a little shot of protein powder (laughs) (laughs) don't worry don't worry buddy the macros are on the back of the cup but you don't even put it in a container you just dump it in the bag (laughs) (laughs) a loose scoop of protein happy halloween buddy get the fuck off my lawn (laughs) that's a quick way to get eggs you're waking up to a teepeed house. Yeah, Your but tires least... are flat. You're fucked. You're done. But at least those kids are just yoked. Oh, yeah. The next day they come back, they beat you up because they're so trend out. Um. Oh, actually, Miles, I, I had a little... Um. Uh, if, I, if I were to add something to a previous discussion, would that be like a... Would that be like a referendum? Is that what, it, is that, what that would be? Mm, no supplemental oh, perhaps supp- sure I, I i've got i've got a little i've got a little point that i wanted to make just 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 give me one second okay oh god the headphones are off i can only imagine what's coming if he comes out in a dallas stars jersey i'm gonna slap me during I'm slap our him. discussion about halloween candy and about halloween chocolate mm-hmm. there was one brand i asked you about oh, and you said no sake. that doesn't count and i asked you if charleston chews counted what did I find at shop or at Foodland? Nothing but a Halloween bag of Charleston chews. Okay, so what is a Foodland? Foodland is like uh, is I think it's an offshoot of Sobeys, but okay, in the, but in the in the eastern side. Okay, so like that's fair, but that's an exclusive bag of Charleston chews. I I still stand by the point that like it had to be in a box of like eighty candies for it to be eligible for the discussion would charleston shoes have made your list probably not but (laughs) (laughs) okay okay great i'm I'm glad although although i did i did realize the love i have for a specific chocolate that i'm actually surprised it did not take on the list and that is the kinder chocolate like kinder egg not the egg i'm talking just the chocolate itself which is a halloween candy I would have fought you on that. I I need to see a box, man. Oh God, he's getting up again. Oh my sweet lord. Huh. It is in fact it is in fact in a box. Alright, I will eat my hat. Yeah, you hear that? Oh, yeah. Here, I look, it looks like you've got a fucking fat stacks of Halloween candy left over. Uh, no, I went to Foodland and spent twenty dollars on discount chocolate. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> that's a vet move. Yeah, I went to Foodland. I got a a ninety pack of uh of um. Was it would 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 it be Maynards that make Swedish berries? Yes. And like, okay, it was like the uh, assorted Maynards pack, and then I also got Dairy Milk Oreo bars. No free ads for any of these chocolates, yeah, by the yeah. way. Beep, beep to all of these, all of these brands. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's that's a nice uh, that's a nice treat. Speaking of treats, oh, whoa. let's go! Shit, boy! My God, the Edmonton Oilers are scorching hot right now. <laughs> it's, yes, that's it. It is piping hot. Ah, it's piping hot. The water burnt me. I want to do the Ron Burgundy "We Are Laughing" thing because <laughs> I'm laughing maniacally at a four and zero run right now. Dude, Miles. the sun the sun shines brighter. the The air is cleaner. Um, 
when your team is winning, there are a few things as good. Birds also seven and zero. Can I get a hoot hoot? Nolan, would you mind if we got this thing underway and I ran through the table of contents for today's episode? Let's spank it. Woo! We are going to be talking about a couple of dubbies. First one against the St. Louis Blues. Second one against the Chicago Blackhawks. Third one against those pesky flames. And the most recent win against the Predators from, from Nashville. After that, we'll move into some oiler shit. There is a bit of uh, serious discussion. One debate, as it were. Not so much a debate, but a discussion between distinguished gentlemen. And lastly, we will talk about Oilers' Halloween costumes. They dropped. They were sick. We'll move into our section, newly titled and something that I've been a big fan of recently, NHL shit, where nothing is off the table. After that wraps up, we will get to the Rockstar of the Week preview next week's games it gets you out of here quick and tidy ready to take on the rest of your week nolan yes that out of the way why don't you take us back to uh wednesday october 26th i've titled this game ryan nugent hopkins but there's a couple of there's a couple of little silly little creative choices in the spelling of that it's spelled kind of angsty it is spelt kind of angsty. It's spelt. Uh, it actually spelt like a early two thousand sequel to a comedy. <laughs> I was gonna say, do you remember when Cam Newton how he used to tweet? He'd tweet in like all symbols instead of like English letters. Dude, Cam Newton used to be like one of my favorite NFL players, and boy, did he become lame super quick. <laughs> yeah, all about the time he started wearing the babushka. I think is when it went down. But yeah. Uh, he but like remember how good his like 2015 season was where he was just MVP and was just unbelievable. Yeah, man, you should have won a Super Bowl. But he may be on the downward trajectory. But guess who's on the <laughs> keeps, upward trajectory? Keeps us on their track. Hey. Um, uh, so the Oilers are looking to a, a looking to exact revenge on the three and one St. Louis Blues and build off that positive energy from the Pittsburgh win. And they did exactly that, chucking 12 shots on net to the Blues, six in the first. Now, speaking of which, in these 12 shots, Miles, somebody tipped home a Darnell Nurse point shot to nab his very first goal of the year. <laughs> yes, With an additional assist on the play to Warren Fogle, which he's nabbed his first point, and that third line continues to be extremely effective. And boy, the Oilers are on the board one nothing. The second period saw the ice tilt a little bit in St. Louis's favor, and all culminated in Ryan O'Reilly scoring a power play goal. One one, St. Louis poos. Or sorry, I shouldn't say St. Louis poos. It was one one tie. Whoopsie daisy. Uh, the third period a, a little bit more evenly matched, uh, with some high danger chances on both sides, and both both. Uh, 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 Jordan Shittington and Stuart Skinner just both shut the door respectively. Like they, they were both tremendous in this game. Uh, with 6.37 left in the game, Zach Hyman looks off and open Connor McDavid in the slot for a poor shot on Jordan Bennington. And 10 seconds later, Connor McDavid makes it up for Zach Hyman, finding Ryan Nugent Hopkins for his 200th goal of his career. 200 goals later, and he's still just as cute as he w- when he was a Red Deer Rebel. Love you, sweetie. Hyman finishes things off with an empty netter. His second straight game with a goal points to Leon and Evander Kane. Um, 
overall, this was a, a a really nice bounce back from the last game. Uh, but the Oilers were outshot. They were out hit, but they killed the Blues in the faceoff dot. Um, they got in Jordan Biddington's head. I don't know if you remember if you remember this game at all, Miles. But like there was that moment where uh, both Jordan Biddington tried to I can't remember who he tried to punch, but he tried to punch <laughs> somebody. Um, and then he also was like leaving on a. Um, he was leaving the net for the extra attacker because uh, Edmonton committed a penalty, and he like ran into Leon Dreisaitl on purpose. So it's just like classic Jordan Bennington loser moves as per usual. But like I said, it was win. Win's a win, and that's good stuff to hear. Uh, did you have, have any thoughts on this one? Yeah, I think that this is just a really good example of like what Jay Woodcroft brings to the table as a coach because you take you know four or five days um, – before this, whatever it was, and the Oilers lose um, two nothing to the same team. And in that game, we had our notes. We talked about how the Blues did such a good job of keeping the Oilers to the outside, taking away chances, yada yada yada. Jay Woodcroft gets some film on the Blues. He sees how his team matches up against them. He basically gets a redo and coaches this team, and the players respond effectively to his coaching, but changes up the style. Oilers come out, they get the win on the road, and like you said, maintain the. Uh, the uh, momentum that they had from their game against Pittsburgh. So it's a good game. I thought it was a very good goaltending battle. I was happy with the game that a lot of the Oilers players played. And like you said, uh, end of the day, you can't be too mad at a road victory. Also making their debut for this game was the uh, away jerseys with the skip the dishes decal on the white helmets. I think that's kind of cool. It's an orange logo on the Oilers uniform, so it, it works stylistically. And, I mean, skip the dishes, no free ads, but uh, I think we're all a drunken late-night fan of of what that app brings to the table. I think you could say that it was a very tasty choice. <laughs> very tasty treat. Speaking of a tasty treat, Nolan, oh, yeah. this, this one wasn't quite a tasty treat from the defensive <laughs> side of things. But overall, I mean, what a freaking game to watch. One that we have titled, uh, let this... <laughs> Let this hat trick. Well, I think we're missing a word here. Don't let this hat trick distract you from the fact that the Oilers almost lost to the Blackhawks. 6 5 W from Thursday, October 25th. The Oilers come into this one on a back to back. They're on a roll. They've got a slam dunk matchup against the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, ZHM, Zachary Martin Hyman, scores this game's first goal at the midway mark of the first period after uh, with assist from McDavid and Kane. It is one nothing Oilers. It is going exactly to plan. This is what you like to see. A few minutes later, former Oiler Andreas Anthonisiu does exactly what he couldn't do for the Oilers, uses his speed to break away from the D and score on a breakaway. It is 1-1. Oops, we don't like the way that this is shaking up. A few minutes after that, Reese Johnson, Regina Saskatchewan, stand the fuck up, scores his second NHL goal and gives the Hawks a 2-1 to lead. Uh, that's the way that it would stay until the beginning of the second period. And at the start of the second period, Connor McDavid, before you even, even have a chance to put the packet of mustard on your hot dog that you bought at the intermission, 18 seconds into this one, he scores on an assist from Kulak and Bouchard. Tie game. Yeah, boy. Uh, Captain Sirius, formerly Captain Sirius, Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Taves, scores on a power play to make it 3-2 Hawks. You do not love to see that. The seesaw battle continues. McDavid says, you can't do that. My dad's a lawyer. And he gets his own power play goal from Dreisaitl and Nuge. We are back tied to three. 
So the second period was kind of a bit of a messy one. If you look at the game sheet, there was penalties oh uh, on both sides over and over. It was five on four, and then it was four on four, and then it was an extended four on five on four. Like, shit was wild. But in between there, it got even more wild when a goal was called back on, off the stick of Evander Kane. Egregious like call. An egregious callback. Um, like we said, ultimately it came back, but there was a really funny moment in there where they're, you know, he's the guy who just scored. So as they're about to make the call, they've got the camera on him. And just to the right of his shoulder is a young Dylan Holloway. Welcome back, Dylan Holloway, who, as the ref makes the call, you can very clearly read his lips going, what the fuck? So Dylan Holloway, uh, guy that wears his heart on his sleeve. He's not, a, not afraid to let the emotions get the best of him every now and again, but, uh, yeah, Oilers are uh, are looking to to get one back here, but unfortunately, Patrick Kane, the other Kane, gets one here. Um, sorry, no, I'm wrong. Max Domi on his 18th NHL team, he's the one who scores a power play goal, puts it high sucrose on uh, on Jack Campbell, and puts the Blackhawks back in front four three. Down a goal heading into the third period. It is gut check time. And the baby face assassin Ryan Nugent Hopkins scores a power play goal 24 seconds into the period. Barry and Dreisaitl stand up, lads, 4-4 hockey game. Connor McDavid appreciation post. This was the power play goal where he just kind of shimmies and shakes. And then he gets uh, gets a little bit of open ice and wires one past Staylock. He's so fun to watch. Nuge and Boosh get the apples on that one. And it is back. Uh, Oilers back in front, 5-4. Now, here he is, Patrick Kane, who's banned from Ubers and Lyfts, scores the late equalizer to make it 5-5. Overtime seems imminent. Haha, not so fast. Leon Dreisaitl, you hot bitch. Late game heroics as he scores with less than 40 seconds to play from Yamamoto and Evander Kane to give the Oilers a 6-5 final score road win. Shots were 38-36 in favor of the Oilers, who also won 54% of the faceoffs in this contest. The Hawks went two for 10 on the power play. Yikes. The Oilers not much better going three for seven. Um, as mentioned, that crazy stint in the second period where all the penalties were coming one after another is what really racked up those numbers. Um, McDavid had a four-point night, first star. Leon had a three-point night, second star. And Patrick Kane takes third star with his own three-point effort. Uh, Soup had 31 saves on 36 shots. Not a horrible game given the way things went in this one, but uh, his numbers were a little stinky, but at the end of the day, a win's a win. Yeah, um, fun game, fun game, uh, very frustrating game. Needless to say, uh, the the I the, the refing in this game was just completely outrageous, and you I felt let... like, yeah, like you you got to let the guys play, right? Um, and it got to a point though where it was a little frustrating to watch the Oilers play down to the competition like they have so often done. Um, like the Blackhawks are not a very good team. They, they, they really aren't. Seth Jones is not a very good defenseman. I've went off on Seth Jones multiple times in their show, but I'm, I, I, I just, I, I didn't understand. I, like I said, at least they pulled off the dub. Connor McDavid is on fire and we will get to, um, we'll get to the Calgary game because I think that there's a really interesting conversation to be had about just how good he is right now and his trajectory for this season. But well, that, that, that 18 seconds into the, like I kind of glanced over it, but that goal he scored where Kulak and Kulak and Barry got the assist, like to start the period in the second. Wow. What a shot. 
Well, why don't we just have like the conversation right now about about the about the pace that Connor McDavid is on? Um, he currently has what eleven goals in ten games, I believe. Um, which obviously is first in the league. He's on pace to score, I believe, ninety goals this season, which is completely fucked. Um, he he is activating that that he's he's pulling out that tool in his arsenal that is goal scorer's goal and that shot that he had that oh that, my god that that 18 seconds in shot as well as the one that um as well as the one that he scored on Markstrom in the Calgary game that's like reminiscent of like Joe Sackick like just clean wrister all the way and just fast it's off his stick and it's in the net so just you said 10 goals on this day um November 2nd uh, he has 11 goals and 11 assists for 22 points in 10 games. Yeah. So Just, he's on another planet nuts. right now. Nuts, nuts, nuts. Yeah. He's that early season discussion where it's, I think it, I think it was you, I'm going to give you credit for it either way. We're like, this might be the year where he just says, fuck it and decides to win the the rocket. Yeah. I, I think, it, I think he's, he's motivated to. It sure looks like it, man. But God, speak- he is so good at hockey. <laughs> so good at hockey. We're simply not worthy. Uh, Nolan, you alluded to it, but why don't you tell us about that Flames game where he scored the Sackick adjacent goal? Uh, well, Miles, this game has a more important story because there's a little guy on this team. Or there's a little guy on this team named named Zach Hyman, and I don't know if you were aware. Did you know he's a children's author? You know what? I do remember hearing something about that. Um, I, I loosely recall seeing a picture of him in a Florida Panthers jersey holding the book he wrote, but can't be certain. He's a goddamn children's author. Zachary Hyman is a children's author, and he contributed to the 3-2 victory in the second Battle of Alberta. Second of three, by the way. What the hell, NHL? Uh, from Saturday, October 29th. Uh, I was having a very fun night. I was able to barely watch this game, or I barely watched this game. I kind of watched it in pieces. I'll, I'll, I'll actually, I'll actually get into that because it's, it's, it's actually quite funny. Uh, but Oilers come back for a rematch in the Shadow Dome after a complete rinsing by the Flames in Game Two. Disco Stew gets the start. An even matchup to start the first top line generating chances, including a couple boasts by Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Man, he is on fire. He is. I'm so happy with Nuge right now. He's he's just been great. You're gonna uh, you're gonna see him in the villa uh, in Fiji right away because he is too hot to handle. And who's Lana in this situation? Jay Woodcroft. I think it's us. Oh. But that but that kind of means that we're being cock blocks. I don't care. Oh damn it! <laughs> um, Save room for the Holy Spirit, <laughs> sinners. <laughs> Almost allowed a shorty. We'll get to that, but it's all good, all tied up, 0-0 zero, zero after one. Second period, Skinner gets tested but kept a minute, and hey, the Oilers got a power play. Things are great, right? 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 <laughs> nope. Tyson Berry can't hold the blue line, and Michael Backlund scores free and scores to make it one nothing. Flames. Only seconds later... <clears throat> Zachary Martin Hyman, who is a children's author, by the way, presses control alt delete to the Flames lead and ties it up from McDavid and Dreisaitl. Just under four to go in the second blown Oilers slot coverage. Classic Oilers leads to a Brett Ritchie goal. By the way, Brett Ritchie has been like low-key hot for the last little bit. I'm actually going to search up his stats because I read a really fucked, really fucked statistic um, that I'd like to, I'd actually like to touch on. 
Yeah. Um, While you do that, Nolan, it's just a classic example of three things in life being guaranteed, death, taxes, and former Oilers getting points against the Oilers as Milan Lucic gets an assist on this goal. I thought it was really funny after Richie scored. He kind of did like the like classic bender thing where he like kind of lost his balance on his footing and kind of like stumbled forward. And then he just gave her the old fist bump. And if that's not a fourth line goal, I don't know what is. Uh, <laughs> man, did you see Luch's, uh, Luch's giveaway last night from the Seattle game? No, I didn't. Is it egregious? Oh my God. He, he turns the, so it's like, I think it's like six minutes left in the game against Seattle. It's tied up four, four. And he turns the he turns the puck over at the Flames blue line, causing a four on one for the Seattle Kraken. Oh my god! And Maddie Benier scores to put them up five four, and they ultimately lost the game. Luch, by the way, playing on the second line. Garbage. That's a tough look right now. Um, but anyways, uh, going back to this Brett Ritchie thing, I actually think that so right now he actually has three goals, two assists for five points in eight games, which is pretty gnarly considering he's a fourth liner. Um, but I think going back to last season, he had like two goals in his last few games. So somebody said, I think that he was on like a 28 goal pace over his last like 10 games or something like that. Pretty wild. So cool, I guess for Brett Ritchie. Cool um, for Brett Ritchie. Not cool for anybody else. I mean, yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but midway through the third, after the flames continuously put their collective foot on the Oilers neck, Jacob Markstrom thinks he's Mike Smith, tries to play the puck, and completely fucks it up, leaving it to none other than... That's not good. Connor McDavid, who makes him look stupid, tied 2-2. Funny, actually, with this goal to tie it up 2-2, I was at my neighbor's for a Halloween party, and I popped back to my house to grab a beer and went back to the house, and I made my neighbor put the game on, which is kind of rude of me, but he asked me if I wanted to watch it. And I said, yeah, sure. So I walked back around and I'm walking past the window and I can see like I can see Jacob Markstrom holding onto the puck while I'm outside walking around to the front of the house. And I watched the Connor McDavid goal from outside the living room. He's at your window. He's by the window. Do you want to hear something that I think you're going to get a lot of... Um enjoyment from hearing yes i also did uh some scummy behavior saturday night at a halloween party and got the host to put this game on yes you did <laughs> so we're going out tonight <laughs> so uh third period uh both the f- 15 minutes left in the third i was like fuck it i gotta go i'm like bell put this game on so i walk- <laughs> walked upstairs me and kung fu kenny d friend of the show and good uh, good guy all around went upstairs and we watched it and sank bud lights it was really good it was really nice time so i just thought that was funny that we were both doing halloween stuff but both being uh oilers homers and, and had, to, had to put the game on um i i got a actually just a quick we're going out tonight uh note for you i sent off an e-transfer tonight to a friend of the show steak and bacon because uh, he uh he helped me get some drum heads and um my my question, my security question was just Chad who, and he got it first time. Of course he did. Very sick. Very cool. We love to see it. Um, anyways, minutes later, Connor McDavid beats multiple flames to a loose puck, sending it over to 
He's a goddamn children's author, man, and he scored in four straight games. Zachary Martin Hyman to put the Oilers up 3-2 late in the third. Stu Skinner just shuts the door, man. He shut the door for the rest of the game um, and pulled off the 3-2 dub. Shots 42-26 to Flames, including 37-19 to at 5-on-5. Skinner with 40 saves in this monster game. Now, to be fair... A lot of the shots on net were from the outside. I don't know how like how much they were really high danger chances, uh, but ultimately a win is a win, and that's that's all that matters is that you went into Calgary and man, like like Calgary's got a damn good vibe about them. Like going into that, like going into that barn, even though it's a piece of shit, like that's a that's a, a tough place to play. It seems like. Oh, they've got a, they have a really good fan base, right? They I do. mean, any yeah. any any Canadian market, I don't think you can really walk in and well, maybe Toronto and get away with eh, and Ottawa. Something about something about that province, man. Uh, as somebody and Vancouver that is, too, as somebody that has watched the Oilers stomp the fuck out of the Senators multiple times, yes, Ottawa is a very easy place to play. So okay, so like Montreal, Winnipeg. Edmonton and Calgary, I think, are really hard barns to walk into. I think that you're yeah. getting, you have a pretty rambunctious fan base. So there's a term that that we use in the industry called like a goalie assist, where you're obviously not going to get a point for it. But Stuart Skinner had a massive goalie assist on that equalizer. Because if you remember, Backlund scores right on the penalty kill. Mm-hmm. And then immediately the play comes back the other way. Backlund makes a move, um, shoots the puck out front and... Uh, Stuart Skinner makes a huge pad save, kind of kicks the puck up. The Oilers come down the ice, and on that sequence is where they get the goal to tie the game back, right? So Stuart Skinner, I mean, made saves that had to be made and and even contributed to a little bit of offense just the way that he was tending the goal. So can't be overstated how good of a game uh, Stuart Skinner played for, for the Oilers. And um, going back to his other game against the Flames, he's certainly had their number in the past in the past two contests here so Stuart Skinner we're going to talk about him a little bit more but shout out shout out shout out to to the stew man for the game that he played Nolan quick question for you Mm -hmm. what if you could name Zach Hyman's next children's um, book what would you call it man you're putting me on the spot I know, and that's fine. I don't. I'm not expecting anything too crazy. I will go first since I did propose the question. Um, Zach tucks the puck, and it's just a a book about Zach Hyman scoring goals. That's really good. Um, I want to do something like, like, um, I don't know, uh, ninety-seven rainbows in the sky. <laughs> Like is does that have does that have like undertones of death? Like why is it in the sky? No, because like rainbows are in the sky, you know. Yeah, you, I guess. I just thought yeah. it was like I don't know. You're putting me on the spot. I'm horrible at improvising. You think about it, and you get back to me on your for the next next highlight pack that you do, talking about Zach Hyman goals. Uh, Wouldn't it be get, just called like the Bison King? It could be, but that's yeah. but that's yeah, it's like Harvey. That's not that's not Zyman. <laughs> <laughs> Zyman. Zyman. <laughs> That's such a funny name. It came from a ty- it came from a typo, but I'm honestly kind of happy and I'm honestly kind of here for it. Hey, no one, do you know what else? Do you know what else I'm here for? A lot of goals. <laughs> I'm here for a scoregasm. The 7-4 Oilers win from yesterday, Tuesday, November 1st. Soup versus Saros, a goaltending duel on tap for tonight. LOL. That's called foreshadowing. <laughs> Wrong. 
Uh, Eckholm scores to make it one nothing Preds. 34 seconds into the game. People are calling Jack Campbell ass in the group chat. I would never. Teammate of the year and all-around good guy of Andrew Kane evens things up about four minutes later. Assists go to Leon and Nurse. We are 1-1. Uh, teammate of the year and all-around good guy Evander Kane scores his second of the game three minutes after that with an assist to Yamamoto Cross and Leon Dreisaitl to one Oilers. Connor McDavid scores 30 seconds after Evander and the floodgates, the floodgates appear to be open. Boosh and Zyman get tasty little apples here and it is a 3-1 Oilers lead. The Preds call a timeout to collect themselves. The Finnish Prince Yusasaros stays in net. They decide not to pull him. In favor of Kevin Lykanen, another Finnan, Finnish guy. A lot of Finns, a lot of Finns in this pack. Derek Ryan scores his first goal of the season. And my sweet fuck, what a goal it was at the 15 minute mark of the first period. Shout out to Tyson Berry and Devin Shore for helping get the fourth line goal going. Just a hard working Carhartt sponsored, no free ads. Talk for Derek Ryan here. A goal for a guy who spends months away at a time from his family in Fort St. John drilling oil. He has been promoted several times. He started his career off driving water truck, and now he's lead rig hand, but he's looking to transition into more of an office job. Uh, it's eating him alive because he knows he still wants to be out there getting his hands dirty working with the boys, but I mean, at the end of the day, he can still do it. It's 4-1 Oilers. Love to see it. Second period. Connor McDavid, you've heard this one before. Power play goal from Leon Dreisaitl, and it is 5-1 Oilers. Uh, kick, push, kick, push, kick, push coast because that's all the Oilers need to do for the rest of the game to get away with a win um, it's always snowing in Nashville though as Ryan Johansson scores to make it 5-2 Oilers that kick push kick push coast seems to be deteriorating the third period is now underway and the Oilers again really all they've got to do is close this one out it, it shouldn't be hard I mean it's a 5-2 hockey game right don't take your foot off the gas psych Philip Forsberg fresh off getting the bag this summer scores five minutes into the third period and it's a 5-3 game Oh no. Leon though gets his fifth of the year on a power play from Nuge and McDavid. It's six three Oilers. Nino Niederreiter, who went three of five in <laughs> I'm laughing at my own notes. So this summer, the NHL's like social media team did like uh all the players from Switzerland had to do like a blind cheese taste test. So Nito Niederreiter, who went three for five, feels weirdly NHL... xenophobic. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it kind of fucked up? It and it was it's really stupid because like two of the cheeses, one was feta and one was parm. So like <laughs> If you're getting feta and parm wrong in a cheese taste test, like you're you have COVID and your te- your taste buds don't work. I don't know what to tell you. So the fact he went three for five and that is is honestly quite embarrassing. But he scores his own power play goal. The Euros love doing two things: using the same dollar in every country and scoring power play genos. What the fuck? It is six four Oilers. At this point, teammate of the year and all-around good guy Evander Kane decides that he's going to put the exclamation mark on this night, and he scores his empty net hat-trick goal from Dreisaitl and David to make it 7-4 Oilers. Oilers had 37 shots on net. They won 54% of the draws uh, and got out-hit 60-27 by the Dirty Preds. They went 0-2 for 2 on the penalty kill, uh, meaning Nashville was perfect on the power play. Leon's five-point night was good enough for first star. Connor's four-point night was good enough for second star, and I've acronized this as Timothy Yag, teammate and overall good guy, blah, 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 blah. Evander Kane gets third star. Uh, Soup had 19 saves can, on 20. Can I just shots. mention, it's so fucking funny that the guy who scores a fucking hat trick is the third star. 
Hey, I mean, when you got guys putting up four points, like four and five points in a game, you're going to get third as, as a Hattie. I don't know what to tell you. Um, so, yeah, Soup, 19 saves. Not a great night numbers-wise for the nice guy from Michigan. But, again, he does the solid thing and pulls out a W. Nolan, what were your thoughts on the shell, the 7-4 shellacking against the Preds? Um, the throating. Uh, Leon, Dreisaitl, yeah. Leon Dreisaitl likes to put Predators in jail and we yeah. support him on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, that's a way to word it. Eh? He's so he, good and he, he loves to... playing the Predators. He averages, I saw, it was like... Um, it's like three points one, a game or something. Yeah, it's it's one point eight goals a game and uh two point seven points per game against the Preds. Like he just murders them. And it's like and the best part is is that he is dishing out like a f- these like perfect dimes. That first goal to Evander Kane, the backhand like you have to have some absolute fuck you to you to dish that backhand <laughs> over to a Vander Kane. He's got like three predators around him and he's like, <laughs> just sends it over and shows no emotion whatsoever. Sends that pass over. Most of us would be shitting our pants afterwards and be like, oh my God, what did I just do? I feel like you've just, like your soul has just left your body. And Leon dries and I was like, yeah, fucking I'll have a beer. See you later. Or like, I'm going on my smoke break now. But God, um, yeah. Uh, you know, coasting yes you're you're right um good to see good uh good to see that they they won uh fourth line goal awesome uh i believe three out of the four lines scored good stuff we like to see it um yeah the predators out hit the oilers but i don't think this was a close game at all um I think that once again, this team has a power, uh, a penalty kill issue, which needs to be addressed ASAP. And I actually think that we can maybe get to that uh, when we talk about the overall Oilers stuff, but entertaining as hell. This was awesome to see. And this team just continuously is able to put up offense and it rules. It's so much fun to watch. And I feel like we're, and, and, and it's, it's, it goes to show like, Every one of these lines is doing something. Um, I thought this was Dylan Holloway's best game as an oiler so far. Um, a complete beast on the four check. Works really hard in his own end. I think he's going to get rewarded sometime soon. I think personally what I would be into maybe seeing, if it's possible, but I think they probably want to keep him down in Bakersfield, is why don't we why don't we fuck around and call up Xavier Borgo and throw... Xavier. And throw... I should mention, by the way, Holloway played center in this game, which was pretty cool. Um, it was not Derek Ryan. So, uh, but but imagine seeing like Holloway, Derek Ryan, and Xavier Borgo. I mean, that's just a bunch of crap. That that's a crafty offensive player, a really smart veteran that plays both ways, and a guy that's just a beast on the forecheck. I think there's something there, and I think if you can get that fourth line humming along, um, that's really great to see. Uh. Another another fun uh, fun point that I noticed uh, that I noticed from uh, from yesterday when I was I just I don't know if you randomly do this Miles but I like to randomly do this is just look up Connor McDavid's hockey reference for for, for the hell of it just because it's fun right like hockey DB 
Uh, yeah, but uh, hockey reference ice. hockey reference gives you all the like ice time and stuff like that. Um, Connor McDavid had four points last night, and uh, he played uh, 18 minutes and 29 seconds. Perfect. <laughs> um, uh, Leon Dreisaitl, uh he played 23:06, but I believe that's probably due to the whole penalty kill aspect of everything. Um, but these are the last five games for Connor McDavid. 18:29 against Nashville. 19 minutes against Calgary, which I'm shocked by. Like, that close of a game, and they only played McDavid 19 minutes? Like, that's that's big balls energy. Um, 21.07 against the Blackhawks, 21.10 against the Blues, and 19.14 against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Jay Woodcroft is running his lines in a way that allows his stars to rest properly because that third line of Warren Fogle, Ryan McLeod, and Jesse Puglia-Yarvi are humming along, and it's really encouraging to see. Um, and if this fourth line can get its can can figure something out, this team is a bona fide Stanley Cup contender, no question. I don't disagree with you whatsoever, Nolan, but I have an alternate theory about the time on ice uh, situation that McDavid's been in. May I run it by you? Is it, is it a sad one? No, it's a okay, good yeah. one. I, okay, I think good. Jay Woodcroft just listens to the show. I think he might just be a, a closet fan, a one-for-one, one, because this is a drum that we've been beating for a couple episodes now, uh, even going back to last season. So, you know what, Jay, if you're listening, um, call big the boys fan. up. Big call, fan. We're a big fan of your work. Loved you in the little sobo, and we're uh, we're ready to, ready to chat. We're ready to talk. Um, steaks, beers, whatever you want to do, buddy. We're we're here. I would be lying if I said that I didn't read the the athletic article that uh, Daniel Nugent Bowman wrote about his time with Jay Woodcroft in the summer, and I'd be lying if I said that I didn't look up the restaurant that Jay Woodcroft goes to in the summertime, <laughs> uh, and I would be lying if I didn't mention that. I looked up uh, the uh, port where he, or the marina where he keeps his boat uh, in Ontario. And I'd be lying if I said that I didn't possibly try and scout location for maybe stalking Jay Woodcroft. All right. So if Jay Woodcroft ever goes missing, check Nolan's basement <laughs> first. That is, that is, that is a red hot zone. We have a red alert. Could have, could have, could have Jay Woodcroft sitting on a puddle of piss. <sighs> bottles of piss um wow wow what was i gonna say i had something funny to say but i can't remember anymore um maybe maybe it'll come back to me maybe it won't who knows fuck what did i want to say you you ruined me i have nothing left uh jay woodcroft trapped in my basement uh i don't know I don't know. I don't know where you're going with that, my friend. All I can think about is a puddle of piss in your basement from Jay. <laughs> Getting silence of the lambs. I just pit. I just walked downstairs and Jay Woodcroft is doing the is doing like the like the stance from the end of the Calgary series on my desk and he's just taking a piss. <laughs> that would be pretty dope. That would be pretty cool. Um, just saying I I I heard I heard this mic picks up everything. Just a stream of piss. Is this an omnidirectional? <laughs> Any hoosers. Nolan, I think that this moves us into Euler shit. Um, I think we're kind of I think we're kind of there. 
Let's, uh, you want, let's talk well, about the second point first. I was going to say, let's talk about the second point first, because I think that this is a little bit more topical. This is something in Oilersville uh, that a lot of fans are are chattering about, and that is a potential crowded crease controversy between Stuart Skinner and Jack Campbell. So, tail of the tape. Stuart Skinner, homegrown prospect, um, played fantastic in Bakersfield the last season, and then or two seasons ago, and then last season had like godly numbers coming up between the NHL and the AHL, but he was like video game numbers in Bakersfield, whatever. Soup, as we all know, was the big free agent acquisition for the Oilers this summer, signing a uh, $5 million, five by five, I think is what he got. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the tale of the tape between the two of these guys and how we got them. Skinner, uh, as of today, November 2nd, he is two and one. So he's played four games, three starts with a 1.59 goals against average and a 0.955 save percentage. He has faced 128 shots. That's, that's fucked. Like those are, those are crazy numbers, small sample size, but like disgusting Uh, soup. He is five and two with a 3.91 goals against average and a 0.881 save percentage. He's faced 178 shots. Uh, The reason I'm including shots is because if I'm allowed to snowball here for a little bit, Okay, Stuart Skinner has played fantastic for the Oilers so far. There's no denying that. The games, the actions that he's seen, he's played great. I will say that the Oilers in front of him, I don't have the advanced numbers or anything like that in front of me to support this, but from a strictly eye test perspective, the guys have played way better in front of him in the games that he's played. He has gotten a significantly better team game, team effort in the matches that he has been in but again can't take anything away from him like came in relief in that first boa game played fantastic stood on his head against calgary again recently he's he's very much earned his wins jack campbell is doing everything that he needs to do and making his timely saves and man proofs in the pudding he's five and two as a starting goalie for this team that's a fine record in your opinion, Nolan, who should be maintaining the reins going forward? Oh, this is a loaded question. It is a loaded question. So, here's the thing with Jack Campbell. Is so from from everything I've I've seen and read is like apparently he he really turns it on in November. Um, he usually has a pretty rough October and then and then turns it on in, in November to ultimately um, get his shit together. Um, the 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 biggest worry I have with Jack Campbell is I feel like he gets rattled really easily. Um, he's not as emotional as Mike Smith. And I, I think that's a great thing. I think it's it's really good to to not see your starting goaltender screaming at your young defenseman because they committed a terrible turnover and then you allowed a silly goal. Totally on board with that. And there are points where Campbell can make that incredible, like, athletic save that you're like, what the hell? How did this guy stop this? Um, But I agree with you to a certain extent that the team has played better. Um, but I go back to the Calgary game from this last weekend. If Jack Campbell's in net for that game, I do not think they win that game. Um, I think that Stuart Skinner has has stolen a lot of the games that he's played in. Um, if we're going to go to just like... Um, uh, if if we're going to go, and I, I I know that some people are probably going to roll their eyes at the whole, like, uh, 
um at the whole like advanced like 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 the advanced analytics stuff about this but um i just want to use like goal saved above expected well uh, you're gonna fucking hate this episode then <laughs> yeah sorry about that yeah you're really gonna hate this one uh so goal saved above expected uh Stuart skinner is fourth in the league with 5.78 goals saved above expected so it's not like he's getting this like shut down New Jersey Devils hockey in front of him or like prime New Jersey Devils hockey in front of him where there's nothing coming on net. He's stopping a lot of fucking pucks. Um, Jack Campbell is at, I just had it here, 50 with a negative 1.84. And that would put him, he's got 281 minutes played. He is among the worst starting goaltenders in the National Hockey League. Now, with that being said, we are a very early sample size. It is way too early to say whether or not Jack Campbell has been up to snuff. It's just more along the lines of like, if there is a if there is reason for trepidation in Oilers fandom over the fact that the 24-year-old um young stud goaltender that's a pending RFA that makes 750 grand that you have invested all of this time and money into is outperforming the guy you just gave 5 years times 5 to there is a there there is a bit of concern right there um i think most importantly though and i'm sorry i'm kind of rambling here but i think most importantly there's one thing to say sign Stuart Skinner to an extension now and get it done and over with because the longer you wait, the more expensive it's going to be and the higher chance you have of losing him. Because if at the end of the season, if in fact this stays the way that it is right now and Stuart Skinner finishes with like, I don't know, 35, 40 games played and he's got like a 25 and 10 and 5 record with like a 2, 2.00 GAA and like... Point nine thirty save percentage or or like a nine thirty save percentage, then he's going to command like that five million dollars a year, and would... and and a team is going to have you bent over a barrel because they know that you're trying to get rid of Jack Campbell. Oh, fair enough. That I don't. If he ends up with a nine thirty, that's going to be absolutely insane. But here's here's how I see things going in my crystal ball, or whatever, however you want to put it. Stuart Skinner, like you said, young hot guys, the the stud that the fans want to see playing hockey or playing playing goalie for the Oilers right now. He's getting his chances to play kind of as one does. He's getting thrown into situations and they're kind of seeing if he can sink or swim. Jack Campbell is the is the hot acquisition, as I mentioned, right? Where he's kind of getting a long leash. Whereas Skinner is developing his leash, if that makes sense, right? Like Jack Campbell, you just paid him a bunch of money. Well, fuck. I mean, his numbers might not be good. He gave up X amount of goals, this game, this game, this game, that game, and this game. But, you know, we got to keep riding him. We just spent a bunch of money on this guy. We got to keep putting him in situations. We got to keep seeing what he can do. And, oh, you know, well, we'll keep throwing Skinny in and seeing how he reacts to different pressure situations. It's kind of like um, inside of you, there are two dogs. Mm-hmm. right yeah. so there's there's two dogs in the oilers net right now and they're just kind of fighting each other and you're getting one guy who is putting up insane video game numbers and the other guy who is getting it done and winning games and making saves when you need to so this conversation nolan we are so privileged to have because like if this was Koskinen and mike smith again and we were talking oh. about how this oilers crease is what's holding the team back 
um, it would be a lot of different conversation. So yeah. it's fantastic that we're able to look yeah. at goalies with a five and two and a two and one record because yeah, that is exactly fucking awesome. Yeah, and and at the end of the day, Jack Campbell has won five games. That is Hell that's yeah. the number one stat. That's all you care about is like just is this is this guy turning these into dubs and as long as these are being turned into dubs that's all that matters to me a guy can finish with a uh, with it with an eight with an 890 save percentage but as long as he's got 35 wins at the end of the day then i'm game that works then for he, me he, then he's worth every penny of that five million dollars well I, I, he just has to try and win a stanley cup that's it yeah when watch win games man you know the the only thing i will say is like um the Oilers media is already trying to do the the classic like, you know, who else had a high goals against average and a and a low save percentage? Grant Fear. Oh so yeah, like, I, okay. that's so eighties. It's like we don't need this. And Jim, drink your prune juice. This is enough. <laughs> um, there, there one, okay, one more thing I want to say. It, it's it's just funny. It's just I just think it's funny that like in sports, there's the whole like if you think quarterbacks win loss records are like reflective of their play like you you don't watch football it's kind of like the opposite for goalies right where Mm -hmm. it's like the win loss metric is what matters more i would say to a team than strictly the numbers they're putting up right the numbers that they're putting up are what wins you individual awards but that win loss record is yeah for a goalie what gets you paid yeah yeah for sure it's one of those things where it's almost it's it's really hard to I wouldn't say that they're they're um how do I explain it? It doesn't feel as mutually exclusive anymore where or or sorry, no. It 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 wasn't mutually exclusive back in the day because nowadays it's like if you are if you are showing that you're having a ton of wins, usually you have those like individual stats to back it up. Because it's a completely different it's a completely different game than it was in the eighties. Um but like you said, at the end of the day, a win's a win, and if Jack Campbell's winning games, and he's liked by his teammates, and he's not uh, messing with the development of these young guys because he's screaming at them because they turned a puck over, that's all that matters. So, um, good stuff to see. Yes. If you want, if anybody in the comments wants to uh, to to talk about this further, just uh, just search Corey Crawford and look at the years when the Blackhawks were winning cups, because I guarantee you, you're not going to be floored by his numbers and. I bet you you'd take two rings before you'd take a Vesna, right? Yeah, exactly. And I think too that in the that there are those isolated moments where you'll watch Jack Campbell make an incredible save and it's just great to see. And and at the end of the day, like even though I did mention that he it seems like he gets rattled quite easily, he stays very calm in his net. And that's that's really comforting to see. It's like even even Mika Koskinen like went batshit crazy if he allowed a short side glove which was a little too often but um speaking of problems miles this team has a right-handed defenseman issue and i i was wondering if if you might be able to sort of uh we're gonna run the play um you're gonna uh i'm just gonna play iso ball here for a second and I'm going to rattle off some numbers to you, and I want you to sort of react to them. I, there's a reason why I didn't write them in our in our notes, okay? So uh, I'm actually quite excited to tell you about this. Exhibit A, Tyson Berry. Tyson Berry is, what, 31 years old? Uh, he is uh, he's a defenseman on this team that we've talked about uh, a few times. He makes $4.5 million for the next two years and is currently quarterbacking the power play. 
while playing like second, third pairing minutes right now, uh, playing basically exclusively with Marcus Niemelainen at the moment because Ryan Murray is not really in the lineup. Miles, I've been very well on record mentioning that I don't, I'm not a big fan of Tyson Berry's game. I think that Tyson Berry seems like a great guy. seems like a great locker room presence. I completely agree with this wholeheartedly, 1,000%. But I firmly believe that he is holding this team back from true greatness. And let me tell you why. So I dug into a few of the numbers, and these are some numbers at 5-on-5, okay? So... I, I, I did some math and 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 work and, and messed around with the numbers. Um the Oilers at five on five right now throughout the season, uh their Corsi four percentage is fifty one point nine zero, which is seventh in the league. Uh their shots four percentage is forty nine point three nine, which is nineteenth in the league. That's not very good. Uh they're expect- That's mid. It's 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 less than mid. Uh, mid is actually their expected goals for numbers, which is 50.5% expected goals. Their high danger chances for percentage, 55.36, which is actually seventh in the league. That's, that's quite good. That's quite good to see. Um, now a number that's kind of concerning me is their PDO right now. Their PDO is 1.018, which is ninth in the league. And once again, if Whoever's not familiar with PDO, uh, PDO is essentially a like a luck stat. It's based off of shooting percentage as well, uh, shooting percentage as well as save percentage. So you're getting timely saves in addition to hot shooting. So your mean is going to be right around that 100 mark. So I so when you're looking at these early starts, if you find a PDO that's around that 100 mark, then that means that they're kind of playing at about where they should be. If it's a, if it's really high, then that means that they're most likely going to negatively regress. And if they're really low, like the Colorado Avalanche right now, it seems like they will most likely positively regress, which means that they'll work their way back up as they get more saves and as they get more shooting luck. Tyson Berry at 5-on-5, five five, which with a minimum 140 minutes played at 5-on-5, five five, um, 140 is basically like you're around that 19 minutes a game mark, okay? So like top four, like four or five numbers, right? Like like four or five defenseman numbers. Um, his Corsi 4 percentage is 44.56, which is 99th of like 108 players. Uh, his Shots 4 percentage is 104th. I said 108 total players. So, that's not great. Expected goals for 42.59, which is 97th. His high danger chances for percentage, 45.45, which is 83rd. That's not too, too bad. Tyson Berry's current PDO, which factors in both his shooting percentage, as well as all five players on the ice, as well as the save percentage of the goaltender, is 1.072. His PDO is higher than the team's current PDO itself. So that means that Tyson Berry is getting very lucky with, with the results that are on the ice. Um, now, in addition to quarterback in the power play, he currently has, what, five points or something like that in... Hold on, let me just confirm that. Ten games. One goal, four assists in ten games. Um, and, and fun fact about those points, he currently... At five on five, he has one point, one assist. So he's been a power play merchant in the fullest. <laughs> uh, 
Um, so I, I ran some numbers here and wanted to kind of get a better idea of what the team would look like if Tyson Berry was not on this team. Now, I know that the numbers will be flawed because you are, you are removing a defenseman that plays many minutes in your lineup. And I understand that if you were to do that to every other team, then you're gonna then you're gonna get into a an issue with like how how the, how that how that data skews. But just humor me for a second. The Oilers without Tyson Berry, if you just eliminate all of his minutes from the lineup, their Corsi four percentage is fifty five point three three, which is fourth in the league. Remember the initial number I had as it stands right now is seventh, so they move up three spots. Um, let's talk about, yeah, you know what? Let's just go into this. The shots for percentage. I mentioned earlier it was 49.39, which was 19th. Shots for percentage, if you remove Tyson Berry from this team, is 52.71, which would be 10th in the league. A top 10 team. Their expected goals for numbers, which were 50.5 with Tyson Berry in the lineup, which has them at 16th. Without him, 54.4, 54.4, which would put them at 8th in the league. High danger chances 4, with Barry, 55.36, which is 7th in the league. And with him not in the lineup is 60.18, which would be 4th in the league. Um, the shots 4 percentage and the, the way that this... Now, I will give you a caveat right here. Until last, until last night, in which he actually put up a pretty decent performance because that bottom pairing was on the ice for 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 quite a bit of success, um, it was even worse. Like no joke, it was like the Oilers without Tyson Berry in the lineup were like a top four team in the league in almost every category. This team, for the love of God, needs to get off of that four and a half million dollar cap hit and allocate that money elsewhere. I don't know what needs to be done, but there needs to be something done because right now as it stands, Tyson Berry is holding this team back from its from its fullest potential. And I am really concerned about where this possibly leads into if in fact he is on the roster going into the playoffs. Uh, that's such a tough tough thing to say, tough situation to be in because realistically the only way that they're getting rid of this like for for everything that we've said right what he does on the power play his locker room presence how the guys on the team and the leadership core view him really the only way that they're getting rid of Tyson Berry is if he gets hurt like an LTIR situation and that's not really getting rid of him that's burying him and two the only way they're getting rid of him is if the Oilers slide because I don't see them changing the recipe if they're winning. And right now, what's five game win streak, four game win streak, five game win streak, five game win streak. I mean, man, they're probably not going to be tweaking the lineup very much. They're sure as shit not going to be making a trade for their power, like power play quarterback D man. It's I agree with everything you've said. Mm -hmm. Men and women lie. Numbers don't. And your your statistics, statistics that you brought up are like pretty ironclad, but really what's the alternative that we have like we have to live in tyson berry purgatory until another team sees his point total high enough to take a chance on him like i don't know that i really don't see how the oilers get out of this one yeah i'm so the only way that i think they make this work is if another is if is if an upgrade is available so 
it all depends on on some of these teams that are that that might be sliding. It, it all depends once we kind of get to uh, um, once we kind of get to more of more near like the trade deadline. Um, yeah. I wanted to quickly mention this because John Bucigras tweeted it last night. Um, he works for ESPN. If you aren't familiar, um, he's uh, I don't know if he was just trolling or if he was just uh, or if he was just tweeting random shit out. He thinks that Eric Carlson might be an Edmonton Oiler. Oh my god! Which um, scares the fuck out of me. So here's the thing: <laughs> is a year ago I would be mortified. I would like because obviously, if you're going to acquire Eric Carlson, there's no way you're getting him at eleven and a half million dollars a year. That's a, 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 a sickening joke. Um, have you paid attention to Eric Carlson this season? Nolan, do you remember about 11 minutes ago when you said, and yeah, we're dealing with a small sample size here. Have you? I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I'm just asking. I Have know you, he's fucking red hot. He has like he, nine points. Uh, well, as a proud Eric Carlson fantasy owner. Yes, King. Talk uh, your shit. He is back right now. He is He's- on fire and is a psychopath offensively. Not great defensively still. Um so that that there there is something to be said there. But I'm just I'm just throwing this out there. An Eric Carlson, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl power play. I mean oh my goodness. Give give me a defensive stalwart. I, I know, I know, I know and let not... Boosh do it. Brother, I know my brother in Christ. I know, I know, I know, I know. No, I, I, I think I don't. I don't think that that would be a thing. Anyways, I'm not. I'm not on board with that. I still think that that's a move that I would not make as a general manager. But, um, you know, pay attention to some of these. Uh, like pay attention to some of these like really stinky teams. Um, you know, I'm just trying to think here. Like, we've 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 banged the Carson Susie drum multiple times. That could be something there. I, I, I doubt there would be a Adam Larson return. Um but I think that there's options out there. I really do. And I think if you were to just kinda go into the um uh go into this uh into this trade deadline and see what's available, there's like Bob Stoffer's been alluding to a potential Jake Evans move, and then some other people have kind of mentioned uh the possibility of David Savard. Uh, David Savard is signed for like three more years at like three and a half million dollars, which is uh, very spooky uh, in the spirit of Halloween. But if there is a move to be made where it's like Tyson Berry, plus you get Jake Ev- and then you get Jake Evans and David Savard back, but David Savard is retained and you can kind of basically swap that four and a half million dollars for four and a half million dollars. That could be something that might be interesting. Um, David Savard has not had a good run in Montreal, but maybe that's a guy that can come over and kind of change up his career if playing playing lower in the lineup but um i mean teams aren't giving away number 1 right-handed defenseman right now for cheap so it's just something to keep in mind but i just wanted to bring that up because uh i just as much as i like Tyson Berry as a person it's just it's just really concerning i don't particularly like Tyson Berry as a person so <laughs> i don't really give a fuck i kind of want to see him get shipped out um so i love it I is love he it. just like toxically positive is, is is that why 
he's from a place in Canada. Oh, right. I do not, I do not quite enjoy. So um, Tyson Berry is just an evil human being. But... I'm actually gonna, I'm actually gonna segue into our next topic. Uh, but did you see the picture of Tyson Berry with the other Oilers holding their kids? I did. Yeah, the dad pick. Yeah, and Tyson Berry's got that like absolute i almost i almost like nominated him for like anti-rockstar of the week which was like <laughs> a throw tomatoes at this guy of the week and it's because of his horrible fit which was his like christian girl autumn outfit that he was wearing oh yeah oh my god my guy just and what the what the hell do you call the, the fucking tassels on the on the sleeves oh yeah that's a dude that wrote a harley davidson once and it just became what an entire Mood. Asset of his personality. He said he took a photo with a Harley and said, "This is a mood." <laughs> Major schmood, my guy. Oh. Midlife crisis activated. Um, speaking of picks, Nolan Oilers Halloween costumes. Oh man, there was some. Always a treat. Always a treat. There. Uh, I'm glad we didn't get a full photo shoot this year. <laughs> Not a f- for those curious as to what that means. Last year, like Nuge. Dry and Connor and their significant others dressed up as the Friends cast and did an entire photo shoot outside of a a fountain. So I'm glad that we didn't have that this year. Definitely Lauren's idea, by the way. Horrible idea, Lauren. We need to talk about that, you and I. Come on the pod. pod. Uh, Nolan, there's a standout immediately, and it's the first picture in the carousel. Everybody's Mm -hmm. been talking about it, and it's, yes, Sepulia Arvi as the glass-tapping girl from Finding Nemo. (laughs) Which is a Taking advantage of his fucking smile with the headgear on <laughs> is so funny. Dude, the rock and roll girl shirt. <laughs> Bully RV is a rock and roll girl. He's so cool, man. He's so funny. Oh, I love um, him. Zach Zachary Martin Hyman, children's author, but also like porn star. <laughs> Playing Tommy Lee. That's nuts. He's so funny. The guy liner on. Oh my god! I saw that photo and I erupted. How many hours do you think it took to do the temporary tattoo? Do you think that those were individual pieces, or do you think that that was like a kit? Oh, he one thousand percent commissioned that from somebody. No, his wife looks like the kind of person who like spends hours researching Halloween costumes. Yeah, no she disrespect. Probably, she probably bought one of those like uh um like you know how there's like machines for ironing uh for ironing logos onto t-shirts she probably had one of those and made made a tattoo for zachary martin hyman who is a children's <laughs> author by the way use the use the cricket to make tattoos and zach was like i'm a wholesome jewish boy i can't get buried in a jewish cemetery if i have these but he did it anyway because he loves her and they're temporary cute uh connor mcdavid is tony montana funny funny um question for the crowd do you think the chest hair is real or do you think the chest hair is painted that's on one thousand percent real you he think one thousand percent grew that out god is he milky <laughs> it's incredible um i i mean we we got to mention cody cc wrecking ball yeah huge yeah As, with the tims yeah just just so good and the makeup on him i i didn't even recognize it was cody cc for a second because he's naturally so hot and with the makeup he does not look as hot but man just good stuff to see speaking of hot tyson berry's got a really pretty wife yeah 
did and I want to find out did he actually dye his hair? <laughs> I don't know, man. I doubt it. I he probably maybe it's like the the dye that like washes out. It's like a more of a powder. Maybe that's what he did. But commitment to the bit that's huge. I bet you if uh, he would have kept it blonde, he he would have he would have he would have contributed positively to the Oilers' uh, uh, fucking expected goals for numbers. No, dude, he would have had a he would have had a semi pro moment, like you know when they put the eyeliner on to scare everybody, and then it starts burning their eyes. It would have started sweating into his eyes during the power play, and he would have been on all fours at center ice, like stop the play, <laughs> my hair dies burning. <laughs> uh, unfaithful Yamo is also gonna be a he was a wolf. That's a cute costume. I like that one too. Praying on all the single ladies, even though he's not single himself. <laughs> he's probably turned a leaf. He's a good boy now. Uh, Darnell Nurse and uh, his his wife wear uh, the cool Bob Ross fit. That's wholesome. I like that. Very and sweet. also the like mask as a beard for for Darnell <laughs> is really funny. Uh, Devin Shore donned a wig so that he could pull off Jim Halpert. Wouldn't be a Halloween if there wasn't an office costume. Uh, Evander Kane and his girlfriend were the Batman and the Batwoman. That's cool. That's a that's a really really vibey fit. As sexy, well. sexy, sexy. Speaking of sexy, Disco Stew. Oh my god! I didn't know that they were expecting. That's gore. That's fantastic, dude. Everything about that man is just perfect right now. Oh, and the mustache man. He was ready to go. Yeah, he's he's so friggin' cool. Um. Evan Bouchard, Ryan McLeod, and Warren Fogle, the trio, the boys, dressing up as the six-pack of Corona with their girlfriends. Ah, I didn't see that. Yeah, they dressed up, they, um, they all dressed up as a six-pack of Corona. Just a, just, just a good, fun, like, fun night with, like, with the boys costume. Who was the Coronas? Uh, it was, uh, it was Fogle, McLeod, and Bouchard. Oh, that's so bro. I know. That's, that's a trio if there ever was one. That is a fantastic group of boys. Where, who? Which were some other costumes? Um. Okay. So there was those. Uh, trying to think of the rest of the line. I. I mean, I bet you Derek Ryan had the most boring costume in the bag. <laughs> Derek he Ryan probably, didn't go to the party. He man. probably he dressed working. up as like Ghostface from Scream. No, dude, he was working. He was on. He was on on that weekend. <laughs> I went up I, to the Mac. I just realized we never got a Jack Campbell costume. He probably was just petting his cat the entire night. <laughs> he um, was the DD. He took everybody home. <laughs> um, uh, e- even though he's on LTIR, I'd love to see an Oscar Clefbaum or Mike Smith costume. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just them with crutches. There's no way those guys are even still in Edmonton. No, absolutely not. Uh, we didn't get a Dylan Holloway costume. Uh, yeah, he was probably fucking zooted in the corner listening to Future. <laughs> I just blew out air through my ear, and now I have a <laughs> discombobulated ear right now. Thanks a lot, Miles. Am I wrong? No, you're you're definitely not. If you want to talk about if you want to talk about a mood, Dylan Holloway is a mood. Big mood. Big mood guy. Um. By the way, I watched a a, a couple more episodes of uh, the drop. 
the uh, the Oilers Plus series because I still have Oilers Plus reminder. And this episode was on the Oilers uh, rookie tournament in Pen- in Penticton, and they had Ryan McLeod or sorry, they had uh, uh, Dylan Holloway reading off the opening lineups. And boy, <laughs> he's the hype lord, man. He's the hype lord, and he's like, bro. <laughs> and it was really sick uh also by the way it was there is a um a one-on-one media tour like media day tour with connor mcdavid really funny because he's so awkward and so quiet uh and then finally the one thing i will mention is i haven't been impressed with oilers plus but i am looking forward to the next episode of this show because this episode is the start of training camp and the fishing trip. Sick. I am so excited to watch that episode. I cannot wait to see uh, Jake Furtanen get shunned by the rest of the team. <laughs> I think that that's a perfect perfect transition into NHL shit, Nolan. Is there anything else you want to say, no, Oilers? Let's go. Let's go. Nolan, big night in the NHL as the Battle of the Reverse Retros is going on tonight where Pittsburgh is wearing their really cool dark penguin jersey and Buffalo is wearing their reverse retro goat head navy white uniform. They both look very, very good. That game is going on right now. But the bigger storyline here is that the Penguins have lost seven straight games going into this matchup. Make it eight. (laughs) Oh, they they lose again tonight. (laughs) They lost again. Oh, I did not realize they've lost seven in a row. I didn't even notice that. The Oilers put that thermometer into them and just they've just been getting cooked since they blew a lead to the Bruins last night in a very good game, but it ended up six, five final going Boston's way. So Pittsburgh, they got to figure it out now losing eight in a row. Speaking of teams that need to figure it out, the St. Louis Blues are also just tossing right now. Five straight losses. There's a video of Barube. He's dropping like 12 fucks in a two-second clip at practice, just completely unglued. Uh, he had They had to get the GM to give the presser today where no coach or players were available for comment. But Doug Armstrong said that they have faith in the system and that it's up to the players to turn it around. I mean, I get it. I think that St. Louis has a pretty decent team. I don't know what the hell is going on with them right now, but I mean, five straight shit dog. That's, Oh my God. I, and it's like, it's two teams that started off so goddamn hot and they have just fallen, fallen by the wayside. Yeah. I mean, both of them got their losing streak started by the Oilers. So that's, uh, that's pretty, well, I guess St. Louis didn't, they were, they were losing coming into that one, but ex- extended, ex- extended by the Oilers either way. Extendo, extendo. Um, Nolan, a huge free agent signing this offseason in Washington. One Connor Brown, a guy that we both really wanted to play for the Oilers. He is reportedly out six to eight weeks after an ACL surgery. That is really sad to see. Very talented hockey player looking to carve out a spot on that Capitals team. Never like to see a guy get hurt, but especially not a guy who's trying to get his footing in a new squad. So sucks to see Connor Brown going down there as well. Uh, Nolan, we just talked about him, but the Sabres, they are still wagoning along. Tage Thompson, Tage Rage, he had a six-piece the other night. That's uh, that's pretty fucked up, and now they just beat Pittsburgh. So the Sabres are uh, atop their division, if not first place, or if not second place, they're tied for first. They are, look really good, and like you said, they're on a PDO bender or whatever right now, but uh, man, they, re- they really look good. They look, to be like a, they look to be a team, a lot of fun. Uh, the Bruins, 
are 9-1-0. and oh. Nolan, I am not ready to remove the fraud label yet because it's I'm stubborn, uh, but they do look really good. There was a video of them a couple of days ago at practice. I think it was Marchand who like had a, a shaving cream pie or something like that or a whipped cream pie and came around. One of the other guys' birthday was was that day at the end of practice. So he was leading stretches and Marchand being the little rat kind of comes out and, and pies him and everyone's like, ah, and it's just a really nice video of all the guys getting along. So not only are the Bruins clicking on the ice, um, but they're clicking in the room. They've got a great chemistry and it's little videos like that, man, that, that always kind of scare me because it's like, Oh, that's a team that is absolutely gelling. They're winning and they're having fun doing it. So shout out to the Bruins. Um, we were talking about a Lee or uh, a losing skid Nolan, but we would be remiss if we did not mention the Toronto Maple Leafs slide. They are looking to right the ship tonight after losing four in a row, most recently losing an overtime game to the ducks. Do you know how they did tonight? They won. They beat the Philadelphia Flyers. Congratulations. They did. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, yeah. I mean, it's been... Everybody... The, the drama surrounding this team is, like, so gripping. <laughs> um, now, to be fair, I, I don't think that the Leafs are, like, as bad as everybody's making them out to be. Like, I don't think that it, it's as big of a disaster as the as a lot of the talking heads around Toronto are, are, are sort of making it out to be. Um, it's, it's more so just like the anticipation of watching games like this and being like, man, this is a must win because if they don't win, like there could be massive shakeups. Cause it's going to, it's just funny that it comes down to one game against one of the worst teams in the league. Yeah. The, the Flyers are back to being the, one of the worst teams in the league because they no longer have to deal with that like undefeated streak that they had. Um, but it's amazing that it comes down to battling with one of the worst teams in the league and that's all of a sudden going to save your season and save the jobs of Sheldon Keefe, Kyle Dubas, and basically all of the... Uh, and, the and basically core. Yeah, and, and all the guys like in the core. Um Mitch Marner obviously uh, very famously got benched by Sheldon Keefe in that Anaheim game and had a hissy fit and broke his stick in the in the hallway. Which guys break their sticks? I, I think that that's fine. I think that um, you know some sometimes you got to bench your good you know sometimes you got to bench your good players, and I don't think that I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. Um, but at the end of the day, like the stars weren't performing and. Some I I call up the Oilers stars when they aren't performing. So sometimes you just gotta you gotta put on your your hard working boy boots and you gotta show up to work. Amen to that. Nolan, speaking of putting up putting on your boots and going to work, the Stars and the Jets are playing really good hockey uh, in the Central Division. There's a lot of Giants in that division, so hold your horses on any chirps there. But it looks like both of those teams are are doing the little things right and coming away with some big wins. So Jets and Stars, two teams that I like to make fun of, one team that you like to love, um, playing some pretty good hockey. Speaking of playing some pretty good hockey, Vegas looks pretty nasty. They're nine and two, and Thompson is playing out of his fucking mind. So congratulations to you for picking him as being some some sort of freak. Uh, he's got more wins, obviously, than Skinny, but he still doesn't have as good of a goals against average or save percentage as Stuart Skinner. So we still have our our king with the mustache in net. 
our Western Canadian king. Edmonton boy versus Calgary boy. So that that rivalry could uh, could could go a little further if it needed to. Nolan, speaking of things going further than it needed to, Vancouver finally put a stop to their slide. They won a game. Congrats. Actually, they won two of them. Go Canucks. Uh, Boost Boudreaux finally got his 600th and then 600th win as an NHL head coach. I think he was the second fastest to do it. So he's doing stuff coaching wise. Shout out Bruce. There it is. Uh, any other NHL stuff you want um, to, to talk about? I'd any be, stuff I'd, that's I'd, on I'd, your mind? I'd, I'd be remiss to mention that uh, the, uh, the Canucks also did get absolutely stomped last night by the New Jersey Devils. <laughs> <laughs> they got bratted. Yeah, man. The Devils, by the way, we should probably mention them. Like, Devils have been so sick. They'll like they were, they've been they were the analytical darling to open the season, and everybody was kind of sort of shaking their head at them. Um, and it's really just because they weren't getting saves, and now they're first in the Metro. So, Metro. and they are scoring at a ridiculous pace right now. Like Jesper Bratt, Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer. Uh, all of those guys have been producing at a crazy clip, and John Marino has been a godsend for them, apparently, um, which makes me sad because John Marino was an Oilers draft pick and traded for a six-round pick. Ugh. So that sucks. Um, and it, it's funny, actually, because John Marino was traded because apparently he said to his agent that he didn't want to play for Edmonton because he didn't think he would get ice time. <laughs> Youch. If only he had a crystal ball. Hey, it's it's always funny to see how little things like that work out um, in, in yeah. professional sports. But it sucks when it's your team. Hey, could be worse. I mean, it could be Calgary getting rid of Adam Fox. Whoa! Anything else you want to talk about hockey-wise, Nolan? Or should we get to the uh, to the to the to the other thing? Let's get to the other thing because I have not read a single line of it. Oh, baby. Well, get ready because, Nolan, there's a term in this world that gets thrown around a lot these days. And sometimes people don't deserve it. Sometimes people do. But that term, Nolan, is rock star. And I believe that I have found a good one this week. One that is is a nice mix of, what are you doing? And quite funny. But there was one, Nolan. I want to tell you kind of how this worked. I was typing one up and I was like, oh, yeah, this is funny. And then I kind of read it back and I was like, is this is this rockstar because i like to think of myself as an expert in what is rockstar and what is not and th- this one had me thinking you know this might not be rockstar so i went back to the drawing board and and found another story and the story that i ultimately picked i do think is the better one but very quickly i have to share this other one with you so this is rockstar adjacent in noonan georgia there was a string of robberies that was foiled uh and reported in the local um county authority as the authorities were led to the mobile home of a man after following a trail of discarded chocolate bar wrappers that led them directly to the door of the accused so when they were going through the list of things that were stolen it's like guns ammo money clothes a chainsaw and a bag of milky way chocolate bars so then they're you know walking from the house and they're like ooh. They're like, it's literally the family guy episode. Like, Ooh, piece candy. They pick up the wrapper, walk five feet. Ooh, piece candy, pick up the wrapper and literally followed the trail to this guy's door. Knock, knock, knock. Hey man, do you have guns, ammo, clothes? And Oh wow. All of the stolen items from this house that just got robbed. That's fucking crazy. What were you doing? Oh, you have no alibi. 
shit dog you're caught so um that's kind of rockstar but it, it like i said it's not quite rockstar it's just an example of uh, of criminals being dumb but this one nolan we don't want low hanging fruit we want upside down hanging fruit okay 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 so have you have you are you an art guy uh no not an art guy. The, okay. uh, the only uh, the only art I really appreciate uh, this 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 sounds so fucking. The only art that I really enjoy is like film and music. I don't that's, think that's lame at all, man. Oh, I just I didn't want to come off as like pretentious when I said no, that. No, man. Music is my favorite form of art as well, so I think I, it's something that our kindred spirits can agree upon. But this has to do with a different kind of art, Noel, and this has to do with visual art. So you you have not heard of uh, New York City Eye? Uh, no. No. Well, it's it's an art piece. It's a piece of art from a Dutch abstract artist named Pierre Modron, made in 1941. It features bright lines of yellow, red, blue, and black on a white canvas. It was first publicly hung in the New York Museum of Modern Art uh, in 1941, and it has been part of the art collection of Germany since 1980. Okay. Why am I talking about this, Nolan? Well, this week, 2022, uh, the museum curator Susan Meyer Busser noticed something about the painting. And the fact that it has actually been hung upside down <laughs> since it arrived at the art collective in 1980, they were getting ready for an art show and examining the piece. And she noticed that the lines were thicker at the bottom of the painting, which um, for any sort of skyline piece isn't the way that it should be. It should get wider at the top because that's how buildings go and it gives better contrast to the sky. So she's looking at it and she's tracing it and she's like, holy shit, this thing is upside down and it's been upside down since it came here. Oh no! So the strips of color that are on this are actually uh, pieces of tape. So the fact that they've been upside down for you know forty plus years, lol, has actually affected the adhesion of the strips. So if they turn this thing the right way around, gravity is gonna pull the strips off of this painting and absolutely ruin it. So they just have made this discovery. Hey guys, we fucked up, but now we're gonna have to live with it because if we don't, we destroy this you know million dollar piece of art. But apparently in art circles, that adds to the piece's story and makes it more valuable and makes it more of a talking point. So at the upcoming show that they're going to be having this piece displayed at, it's going to be the first time since it was made in 1940 um, that people know the way it was supposed to be hung. So they'll, they'll, they'll hang it the proper way for like 20 seconds. I'm like, okay, 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 we have to flip back around. <laughs> it's beautiful. Put it the right way. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, this week's rock star is Susan Meyer Busser for fixing what I have called a major whoopsie-daisy. I, I love the term whoopsie-daisy, by the way. That's just, a whoop- a, that's just a perfect term. It is a perfect perfect term. It's it's the perfect palate cleanser of a term. But I could not, man. I thought that was so funny because you think about all these hoity-toity art pieces, art, art people like, oh, to me, this means that it's a, like God in the sky. And everybody's got their opinion of it. And all these fucking pretentious assholes have been looking at this thing being hung upside down. It's honestly, uh, it's like a family guy bit. It's it like is, you'd man. expect like Peter Griffin to go over and be like, and then like flip it around. And it's like so beautiful. <laughs> um, I was going to say, um, I, I, I just wanted to mention this as like a, as like a little, um, I wanted to just give, 
a little bit of an addition to the Rockstar of the Week because I saw it and I howled laughing and I just thought it was great. Um, did you happen to see the Grant Williams clip? I don't know who that is. So he plays for the Boston Celtics and for Halloween, he did his entire post-game interview dressed as Batman <laughs> <laughs> and, and was doing the voice and everything. And, there, and they said, it was something along the lines of like, uh, you know, uh, he's it's it's something like you know what's been what's been leading this team to so much success he's like we got a lot of heroes in this team and (laughs) we fight for the city and then the best part of the video is he goes through about three different questions in this voice and then out of the background you hear jason tatum jason tatum going yo what the fuck are you doing So Grant Williams and Jason Tatum, you guys get like a little a little sprinkle of Rockstar of the week because I thought is, that was really funny. Is Jason Tatum the one who was cringy Kobe lover? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Was. So yeah. maybe that neutralizes his Rockstar a little bit, but we'll yeah. let Bat- Batman gets full Rockstar cred from me for sure. Yeah. No. It was uh the God the the, the Kobe stuff was so bad. The so I think it's like his like Instagram picture was the whole like laying on the basketball thing. That's a dude. The text message from Kobe. Oh right, I, I forgot I got about you. Oh, I got you today. Like shut the fuck gross. up. And then, you lo- and then you lost. Kobe. And then he did lose. the he did the thing too when he won the uh uh when he won the Eastern Conference Finals MVP, which was a new award. And I think he like took a photo with it in the same poses kobe with the finals trophy yes embarrassing tough beat for jason tatum tough beat nolan but speaking of a tough beat big slate of games coming up for the oilers um your analytical darling new jersey devils we play them thursday november 3rd then we play your second favorite team the dallas stars saturday november 5th they go are we on the road in washington or coming home oh i didn't i didn't even write the ats or homes or any of that stuff i did that last time what the Break is wrong with me. That's okay because they're playing Washington November seventh, and then they're playing Tampa Bay Lightning November eighth. So that's a couple big back-to-back games against some good teams. This is listen to this murders row for the next little bit, okay? So, Devils, Stars, Capitals, Lightning, Hurricanes, Panthers, Kings, Golden Knights, Devils. Yeah, and then oh, oh, great. Islanders, Rangers, Panthers, and then they 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 get a break for one day, or they get a break for one game against the Blackhawks. Hey man, Yay. find out find out what your team is made of. They play the Devils at home, they play the Stars at home, and then they're on the road on the East Coast against Washington and Tampa Bay. So that would make sense with that little schedule you were bringing up, play, playing all those Eastern Conference teams. They'll be on a little bit of a road swing. But Nolan, they get two at home, they get two on the road. They got four games that we get to look at. I am thinking. Three and one. I'll go two and two. Um, I think that they, I think that they blow their next two games. Um, I think, I think New Jersey's for real. I think New Jersey's really good at hockey, man. Like they're really, really, really good. And I don't know how well the, how well the decor is going to be able to handle that. Um, that might also be a big shock to the system for Stuart Skinner. Uh, Dallas will be hard fought, but I, Dallas is always a team that gives Edmonton troubles. Like they, that's you, where I think my that's yeah. where I have my loss accounted for. But I can see them, I can see them crushing Washington, and I can see them in a hard fought battle with Tampa Bay and 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 taking that dub. So give me two and two. Love it. Nice to see it. Nolan, 
Yeah. Anything else you'd like to say before we close things off? I don't think so, man. No? You're doing your thing? You're feeling good? You're going to watch some Love is Blind? Oh! Oh, I forgot to mention! Uh, I'm all caught up. Well, you're not caught up because uh, the the wedding episodes just dropped. So Oh, right! They did drop today! Next week, we will get to fully dissect the season three of Love is Blind. I can't wait for it. Oh. I had a lot of fun this episode, Nolan. I think we talked about some serious stuff. We talked about some fun stuff. Had a lot of laughs, had a lot of laughs along the way. And I hope that you did too. So for everybody listening, thank you for joining us for season three, episode five of the One for One podcast. Home of hot takes and even hotter listeners. And as always, spoilers go. Spoilers go. Spoilers go.